Hey, everybody, we're bringing you another special episode. This is part three of Attila, the Swim Run Championship course preview. This one, we're taking you from Orna to the finish line at Uto, and we brought along the godfather himself, Andy Hewitt. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Low Tide Boys, a swim run podcast. I'm Chip. I'm Chris, and this is episode 186 of the show. This week, we're sharing the final installment in our three-part series providing a detailed course overview of Atala, the Swim Run World Championship. September 4th is fast approaching, and we're officially super stoked for the big day. In this episode, we cover the final third-ish of the legendary course from the start of the run on the island of Orna, infamous island of Orna, mm-hmm. through to the finish line on the island of Uta. Joining us for this discussion is the Godfather himself, mm. Andy Hewitt. Few people have done more to spread the gospel of swim run in the United States than Andy. And he also happens to be racing Atala for the ninth year in a row. <sighs> Crazy. He's a wealth of knowledge on all things swim run. His pronunciation of Swedish names is way, way better than ours. Yes. And we're lucky to call him a friend. Absolutely. And this was uh, such a great get uh, to bring on for this episode, especially for Ono, which I know, at least for us, gave us quite a bit. Yeah. It was through us for a loop, and we know that's where it gets a lot of people. So we, Andy has has done this multiple times. He's made the mistakes years and years, and he's finally learned from his as he shared with us. Uh, so <laughs> it was really great to to hit to hit on um, that, and also to hear just the the cornucopia of experience that he's had with what he say he's going to go with his fifth or sixth different partner now this year. So he's he's experienced it. Uh, in a lot of different ways, a lot of different versions. Um, and again, just being able to to tap into his knowledge base is is really great. So sure. this is an awesome, awesome episode and conversation with Andy. Yeah, that's great. Enjoy, everybody. All right. See you at the finish line. Okay, here we are with the one and only, the godfather of U.S. swim running, Andy Hewitt. Welcome back to the show. Hey guys, how's it going? Going great. Going we well. we just happened to spend some time with you up in Maine, which is always great to to get to hang out with uh, with swim on royalty. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the sort of last third of the Atala course, how have you been? Been great, actually. For you all today, I wore my hey hey shirt. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That I got up in that I got up in Wisconsin. I thought that'd be appropriate. Um, uh, doing great. Really looking forward to it. It's, it. You know, you think you've got a whole year before this race, and then all of a sudden, that's it. You've got six weeks to go. You're I telling know, me. I know. <laughs> You're and, telling me. And Andy, remind us: this is like the ninth year in a row for you. This will be my eighth year in a row. Wow! And this will be my fifth partner. Uh, in the world championships. Wow. <laughs> wow. Nice. And, and I, and I have you two to thank because my new partner, Anna Barrow, I met at your after party after, uh, the, uh, Casco Bay race. Well, there you wow, go. Wow. Already a match, a match that quick. Well, just don't tell Nicholas. Don't tell Nicholas. Of <laughs> Team Audible. Yeah, he's he's the official matchmaker. Well, that's really that's great news. We're just moonlighting um, as matchmakers. Yeah, we 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 knew that there was an issue there and potentially finding a partner. So we're glad that got sorted out. 
it, outstanding and couldn't ask for a better partner. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, what we're trying to do with this show is just deal with our nerves and anxiety around this course by just trying to be as prepared as possible. And we thought it'd be awesome to have you on just because we haven't had you on the show in a while. But also, I remember when we were in Sweden last year and hanging out with you, you just seemed like you could pronounce all the islands. You knew where everything was. You just seemed like the most knowledgeable person who wasn't a Swede that we had spoken to. So we're like, well, perfect person to have on to talk through what is essentially on paper. It doesn't look like, oh, well, you know, the heavy stuff is over. But in reality, the last third of the race is a very interesting test of both physical endurance, mm-hmm. but also like mental fitness and and just grit and resilience and you name it. Tenacity. Um, yeah. So so you've done this race a ton. Making landfall on, on Orna, what is going through your mind and how are you preparing for this 11, 11-ish mile run that is really sort of a test within a test in this huge day of a race? Well, you know, the best way to to start onto the island of Erna is really to, to put behind you everything you've done that day. Cause it has been a full day before you get there. Yeah. You, you, you get onto Kemiendo, you've got two, 2.5 to 2.7 kilometers on Kemiendo. You get there and a lot of people, they, they forget, Oh, that's the Island right before Orna. And they come rolling in, to, to the little port there mm-hmm. and there's a nice big setup there and there's a lot of support there, but they, all, all they want to do is just get over to Orna and then everything's going to start there. And that's where people really kind of make a mistake because that energy station there on Kimiendo is everything for you. That's where you need to yep. fill up your water bottle. You need to get all of your energy Hang out for a while, eat some stuff, drink some stuff, put on some more lube. You know, that's that's really it because it's a short swim over after you jump off the dock, and and now the fun starts on Orna. I I, lo- I love that you're just drop. I mean, knowledge bombs galore, mm-hmm. and this is this is why we we love you. You have the you have the wisdom. You, this is your eighth eighth time here. You've been to battle seven times on Arna, and you know what it takes, and you've learned your lessons, it sounds like. You fuel up. I remember they had some tasty Nutella there last time. Gobble one of those down. <laughs> and I, I, that's one mistake, personally, that I made last year. I didn't have a soft flask for Arna, and I, that's mm-hmm. this year I'm definitely correcting that. But that was a great call out, Andy. Bring your soft flask. Obviously, we're having pH and R's whatever you need to, to get yours through what's coming up essentially like an 18-kilometer, 11-mile run. Right, and, and last year, Andy, we spoke about this, I think, on the, on the Uber over to, um, you know, to, to the bubble, yeah. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and, and I remember, you know, intentionally I filled up my flask and I didn't drink it, I just packed it. And yeah. that 300-meter 300 300 swim to Orno was like super uncomfortable because I just had this like you know, flask, yeah. like digging a hole in my ribs or yeah. whatever. But I was really glad sure. I had it because essentially... I needed it. <laughs> yeah. You know, essentially, you really don't get an aid station until you're really in, in the business of, of Orna. So that, I think that advice is super well taken. And, yeah. and just having that be in a, a moment where you just want to kick back for a second, understand where you are, understand what's happening around you and what you have ahead. So so 
point super well, well taken, yes. Andy. Um, well, actually, you know, having a big flask, you're actually doing yourself a favor. I, I use the, the one liter uh, Hydropack mm-hmm. flask. It's great. It's soft. It fits everywhere. For the whole rest of the race, the most I ever put in it is a half liter. But then it's really nice and soft and spreads out. Mm. Fill it up to, to one liter full. If you get over to Orna and you don't like to have to carry this big thing around, then just drink it. You, 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 know won't, you, won't, you won't hurt yourself by getting onto Orna before you go up the first hill. And there are 12 hills on Orna. Yep. Before going up that, that hill, just, just drink half of it. Eight kilometers later, you've got a guy standing there with 10 hoses linked together, and you can fill up again. Yeah. You know? I was that's, begging that's, for that guy. And really, yeah, if you, if you really break down Orna properly, which I did not the first three times, <laughs> and it surprised me every single turn. But then you start to, you know, like you say, learn the names of these, these little places on the islands. Learn the names of the islands. You get there. It helps your mind as you're going through it and then start counting the hills. All you got to do is go upstairs 12 times on Orna. Okay. Just a dozen. Not not a baker's dozen at least. And then the, the sort of the mini checkpoints that you have is, is that sort of a mental trick that you play with yourself or or, or thing to kind of like, okay, I've reached this place check. And you're kind of working your way down, down the list per se, just the same as counting the hills. It sounds like. Absolutely. You know, if, if you can just, if you can get onto Orna and just think, all I have to do is get eight kilometers. I get eight kilometers. I'm going to make a left turn, go downhill for almost five, 600 meters. Um, but at that turn, the guy with the hose that is ice cold and you, mm-hmm. and you take a full shower. I mean, not a Navy shower. You, you get them to put that hose inside. Wow. So you can fill it everywhere. And then you get your little salt tabs there. They've usually got potato chips there. They've got little gummy bears. Mm-hmm. The whole pickles thing. Pickles. Take it all. Yeah. Take it all. And then and then you're basically coasting downhill until you get to the water. You're gonna make a right turn, go up another hill. And but at that point you feel you feel almost like like when you go through that hill post, you want to feel like you just did a swim mm-hmm. and your body will tell you because you'll have wetness everywhere inside your suit. Same feeling you have when you come out of the water, cold water, be dripping down your legs in your shoes, your shoes feel good because everything at that point has gotten really dry. Generally you're going to be cabbed down uh, and everything is going to be dry. The whole suit's going to be dry. Get it wet. And that's, and that's just a great thing because then literally just two and a half kilometers later, you've got the energy station. At the church. You're on yeah. the, correct. You're on the hard surface road. You know, that will come up really quick if, if you hose down and, and really get some energy at that, uh, at that left turn there. I yeah, you know, you know, I mean, I, I, I was really surprised by Orna. Um, I mean, I think I was prepared for that first hill. You basically make landfall and kind of have this big climb. And I think we just hiked that and we're just like, all right, here yeah, we go. Once we get over the top, then yeah. we'll start running. 
But that <laughs> run until you get to the road, um, I was surprised yeah. on how challenging it was. It was kind of running on, like a, on a lot of granite, so it's kind of like running on uneven or broken yeah. concrete kind of thing. You can't really get cement. a good. I remember not being able to get a good sort of cadence and pace. It was like it was very, uh, you know, it was off. Everything was kind of offset feeling. Yeah, which which I think yeah. I think for us. Well, if I can speak for my, if I can speak for you, Chipper, I think we were expecting, oh, we're going to be able to run, and it really wasn't what we were expecting. So I think um, that's Not definitely that something point, yeah. that we're taking into this year. It's just like, hey, be prepared for more of the sort of trail running feel, um, uneven surface, kind of like not easy running for what would you say, Andy? Like the first third of Orna, you know, probably the first quarter because okay. right when you hit landfall, you're you're on sort of the the southeast outskirts of a town called Ornaboda. And you're just kind of skirting around there and you're running through sort of the suburbs as there can be there. Um, <laughs> but, but, but you're not really looking around because everyone's got these long driveways. So you think you're just running on sort of a rural dirt road mm-hmm. um, and you're going uphill, but then you come back down downhill because you're getting down into this little inlet community of Soderviken. You get down into there and then you go back uphill again. You're thinking, gosh, when is this going to end? But that just keeps going up and down, up and down like that until you really get to that eight kilometer point. And then it's really pretty much road the whole way until you get two or three kilometers to the end. Yeah, and and how are you thinking about about pacing on this? I mean, obviously, you know that's a very individual question. But are you are you like, you know, for us, it's usually like, hey, are we trying to keep it in our pants? Is kind of yeah. the moniker that we use. It would like how how are you thinking about of like, all right, I hit Orna. This is gonna. T- I'm gonna try to hold this pace, or are you just really just kind of doing it more by feel? Well, you know, you, you talk to the pros. And, and they talk about this as, you know, they just sort of go on a steady pace until they hit Orna. And then for them, the race starts there. And then they just take off. Well, mm-hmm. that's great. They're half my age. <laughs> great for them. <laughs> Happy for you. <laughs> and, that's, and that's terrific, you know. Um, so I have to really think about pace. And I have to think about having paced myself in the first two-thirds of the race before I even get there. Um, but you know, it's more, it's more of a, just, just think about it in, in sections. And, you know, I, I break it down into five sections. And like I said, 12 Hills and the three aid stations. Now that third aid station, if, if you're early, you'll probably hit it, but there's a cake station at about 14, 14 and a half kilometers. And it feels like it's almost right to the end. But as you come through Sunby, it's like, hey, here, here, here it is, the guy with the cake. And then we get there and there's, and there's no cake. Hmm. The first couple of years doing it, he had a bunt cake and he had Coca-Cola. And I think he had angel wings too. Um, <laughs> Because we got in there and it was hot and we got that Coca-Cola oh, yeah. and we had had, we'd had nothing since, since the energy station, you know, and at, at that point, at that pace, four kilometers from the, after the energy station, 
you're hitting that guy. After you hit that guy, you're off the main road. Mm-hmm. And back into the they, they, forest. Yeah, well, well, they have they have covered the first two kilometers of that in gravel. So kilometer 15 and 16 now have have gravel on them. But in the beginning, it was just slogging through mud on, on an old, uh, you know, double track. So you were looking forward to getting back in the woods. But uh, yeah, you get down there into the woods um, near uh, Steinhausen. That's where you go through those reeds. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and that's, that's kind of like your last little part where you're, you're transitioning uh, over there. Yeah, I mean, I found that part to actually be really hard. I mean, yeah, I remember was, uh, at some is, point, like, is. I think past Sunbee, as you mentioned, it's like, okay, now we're back on trails, and it's just like, wait, the ocean uh, is or the Baltic Sea is kind of like to, to our left, but we're Running, not going we're not going that way. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah def- right, def- and def- it's def- and it's not and it's not it's not flat trails. It's right. it's up and down. It's taking big steps up when your legs feel like Frankenstein, yeah. and you know, and and your partner is already like maybe made a pit stop, and you watch ten teams go by. Um, you, you, you know, you we saw this team one time. Gosh, we felt so sorry for them. They uh, they were about a third of the way through Orna. She it was a mixed team. She had to go in the woods do her business. This guy is yelling at her, screaming at her. Well, sure enough. Four or five miles later, he's in the woods. <laughs> yeah. And she's just sitting there. Now, of course, they were much faster than us, but of course, we went right by him twice. And, you know, um, so, so it's interesting. If you, if you need to do your business, another thing, Kemiendo, perfect place. They have bathrooms there, they have like three or four of them. It's right there at the port. Do your business. Jump in the water, swim to Orna, then you're, ne- you're never going to be thinking about it. Because otherwise, you know, people people usually end up going at sort of the end of Orna when they're already on, they're already past Sunbee. They've only got like three or four more kilometers to go before they get in the water. And then and they take a 10-minute break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do your business on Kemiendo. It's perfect. It's there, That's what it's there for. Take, take it in and get it out on Kimmy and Doug. That's right. You heard it here. That's on right. Time, boys. Put that on a and, and, yeah. And think about it for that whole two and a half kilometers on Kimmy and Doug. When you get on there, you know, you do the last thousand meter swim and then you do a little tiny island. And then I think it's called Gets, Gets Key or something like that. And then you get on, then you get on to Kimmy and Doug. Just think about it. Think about it in your mind. Just like, this is coming out. Manifest. Yep. Manifest it. Manifest the poop. All right. Yeah. So we're up into the reeds. Like like you said, Andy, you go from kind of hard paved, hard packed road to undulating, <laughs> jumping up on logs, hitting the trails again. It's a tough transition and you're fifteen yeah. Ks deep, uh, you know, thirteen to fifteen Ks deep in this thing. Um, and you're headed into the forest. Any, do anything. some squats. Do some squats. Do some squats. It's good training. Squat all, squat all the way down. Early in the race, you can just do those squats without holding on to anything. You're at that last part of Orna, hold on to a tree while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Might not get back up. 
That's true. Exactly. Exactly. But that, that pays huge dividends. So, so do that, touch your toes, squat down, recharge those legs. The biggest thing is you're going to get, you're going to get into the water at Angholman and a lot of teams get in there and they talk about how their body forgot how to swim. Mm. You know, they cab back up, get everything back together. I always like to equate it to like, you know, that movie Apollo 13, when they finally have to get out of the limb and get back into the command module and turn it all on again, it's the same thing. You're turning this mm-hmm. whole, I'm going to be swimming thing back on again because you mm-hmm. haven't been doing it for a couple of hours. Yeah. And, you know, where are my paddles? You know, do I have my paddles? Where's my <laughs> swim cap? You know, did, 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 I, did, I, did I put my swim cap so far down into my wetsuit that I've, I've been peeing on it for the last two hours? You know, think about stuff like that. Noted. At what point, once you're once you're getting towards um, terms, I guess like Angholman, um, should you be thinking about cabbing up and stuff, or is it something like, hey, just kind of when you see the water, then start getting yourself organized, or or I guess maybe it depends uh, on how how. That's always you're that's going. always the tr- that's always the tricky thing because a lot of people they 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 get there and they think, oh, it's really close, um, because you're starting to go downhill. You're starting to go downhill on stuff that is reminiscent of the Uta course, you know, very treacherous, Hmm. um, uh, a lot of having to hold on to trees to go down things. And think of that. A lot of people have gone down those things already. Also, people, I mean, they don't do it now with, with the final 15, but usually it was a lot of people had done it on the final 15, a couple of days beforehand. So it was really beaten up. It's not so beaten up anymore. Um, but still you're, you're going downhill and although going uphill is hard going downhill when you got Frankenstein legs is diff is difficult. Um, and so you got to be careful. You don't want to slip and fall, but like, when do you cab up? Well, there, there is a place, uh, right towards the end of Angholman, like 200 meters before the water, it kind of, it, you're still up high and it flattens out and there's another power line and you see the power line cab up. I think Oscar it's, Olsen it's, gave us the same tip. It's, so, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the last power. power line. It's the power li- last power line you're going to see. And you just cab up there, but, but don't, don't go before because you go before and you're going to start sweating the precious little water that you have left. Yeah. Digging the hole deeper. Um, cool. And then a, a little 250 meter swim over there. Yeah. That, that little swim at that point. Now you're going to have some pretty strong currents and you, you just, hopefully there's a team that's like right in front of you. So you can see which way they're swinging. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're, if the current, if the current is pushing hard, from left to right, then what you want to do is when you get in the water there, it's a nice little sandy entry. You you want to uh, aim as far to the left as you can and hug the, the rocks on your left there and then sight for something to the left of the flag 
and it'll drop you right on the flag. When you get out of the water there, it's a really awkward get out. So, but what you don't want to do is you don't want to get out to the right because then you have to crawl over these really slippery rocks and it's not a good entry. So you want to try to hug that to the left. If the current's going from right to left, just do the opposite. Just swing out wide to the right. And there'll be boats there telling you telling you which way to swing out. And the volunteers right there will, you know, will tell you that, hey, the current's really pushing hard from left to right. You know. Yeah, and you know, and, and these islands, so once you hit uh, you know, coal balling and and then long balling after that, I found these islands to be really difficult. It's not well cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool cool balling. I mean, that's where you're They've done a lot of trimming out there, um, but they used to not. And you used to have to duck under these things. Again, when you've got the Frankenstein legs, ducking down low uh, under branches is not is not a really easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, but but a lot of that's been trimmed uh, trimmed off there, so so you can kind of bounce along that. But but you're on the right side of the island as you're going along. Uh, cool balling. Yeah, I do remember that being very bushwhacky and just you, again, it's not the last after you get onto those, those last, you know, five islands or so before Uto, it's not as easy as it looks on paper. It's like, oh yeah, a mm-hmm. uh, 150 meter run, no problem. It's not. Yeah, these like granite rollers yeah. <laughs> and stuff. So uh, it takes, and like Andy keeps iter- reiterating, and I think it's a fair point to keep driving home, your legs are blasted. At this point, yeah. you, yeah. you're, you're running on fumes. Uh, if you, if you played your cards, right. Yeah. You know, one of the things when, when you leave, uh, Engholm in there on, on Orna, um, you, you're going to know which way the current's going and the current's going to be going that way for the whole rest of your, your time in the water until you get to Utah. So the really nice thing there is you'll see a lot of teams get to the water's edge stand there for a while and rethink, well, which way is the current going? It's going the same way it just was going 10 minutes ago. So noted. So don't, if it's going from left to right, just know you're always going to enter as far left as you can and as close to the next island as you can. You know, some of these people will get in the water and they'll swim an extra 200 uh, meters over those five islands just because they, because they, they get in too early. Go to where the flag is. Look at which way it's going. Hug to that side. Get in the water. Just get in the water. You know, don't don't do this. Stand there and think about it or talk about it or try to get the best entry. No entry is going to be pretty. Just go. Don't dog it's in. Deep, don't dog out. It's it's deep water. Just go. Right. <laughs> Noted, noted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so 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 when when you when you finish Orna, I think last year our mistake. Well, I'll speak for myself on this one. My mistake mentally was like, hey, as soon as we hit Orna, we're home free. Yeah, I mean that's right? definitely like, yeah. like all right, you know, the, the just... like the hard stuff is done. Yeah. That was a huge mistake. I think for this year, it's definitely like okay, once we're on the other side of Orna, then we're getting closer to feeling like we're home free. In terms of in terms of the really hard stuff, um, but these last few islands where you're just sort of island hopping, super short swims are super fun, and it feels super swim runny. Um, 
which is great. But these islands are very treacherous, very. and there's just these weird sort of rock outcroppings, and it's, it looks like there might be like a chiller line on one side of an island, but if so, of course, they send you on the other side. Um, how important, I mean, this is an obvious question, but I'm asking you is to just to make sure that you're not making any mental mistakes and slipping and breaking something on these things, because it seems like it's just rife with those opportunities. It is. And people trip and fall. I mean, you see people coming into the finish line with like fresh cut knees um, and different than fresh cut flowers. Uh, <laughs> and and so and the course used to go to. So after Ling Balling and I personally, that is my favorite island on the whole course. Mm. It's rel- it's relatively flat, has a little rise on 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 the back end of it. But it's two kilometers, and look around on that island. After you go through the energy station, right, after you come off the dock and, and, um, and get that hot soup and hot coffee, which drink both, um, you're on this sweet little uh, road. As you get on that road, look off to the left, and there's this huge sweeping front yard with a house at the end of it. It's just ideal. It's just idyllic. Do that. Look at those kind of things. And and then get your head head wrapped around. Finish this two kilometers. It's the last sort of long island you've got. Um, but after you get done with that, you've got a couple of those little small islands, you know, John Holman and things like that. And it used like on John Holman, used to land on the island and you used to go to the right. And it was a nice, easy path. Um, path is still there. Path is still marked. It's just not where the course goes. The course goes over the jagged, uh, volcanic stuff that sticks straight out like you're on Vale Island at, at Casco. Um, take it easy on that. Stay up high. Um, use all fours. But, but, but don't do anything risky. It's just one island that's like that, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get you get through that. You're going to bounce over, and then all, all of a sudden, you're getting on to the uh, Uta. The, the, the nice thing is, is twice I've gone there, um, like a week before the the World Champs, and taking a little water taxi from Uta drops us off out on Orna, and we do the final ten kilometers, mm. and it's great, and. You do it on Friday, think about it for two days. And on Monday, when you get back to that same spot, you're not feeling the same. Mm-hmm. But it's familiar, you, though. It's so familiar. And it's familiar in a way that you did it on Friday fresh while looking around. Right. It was you probably it super fresh. fun. Yeah. Probably had super a great time. Fun. <laughs> super fun. So you just put yourself back in that state. This was super fun. Like we, have ten, we have 10 kilometers to go. That is it. That is it for the day. And you really get your head wrapped around there. And, you know, two and a half kilometers of it is just on Orna. So you're done. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember these swim entries and exits being particularly treacherous as well. So this whole, these little islands, and if you're looking at the time and distance map on the Attila has its small islet, one, two, yeah. Um, so these are, it looks easy on paper if you just look at it, but just know you're not going to just blast through these. It is a, 
most likely a hike, slow saunter situation. Yeah, and some of them actually, like some of them list, it, it, some of them list a twenty a twenty meter swim, um, and you can. I've seen teams trying to like go through the reeds around it. it the reeds are the reeds are not a dream date. Um, <laughs> do not fall for that. Just just do the swim. Stay, just stay on the path. Get on the swim. You don't even need to 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 put the suit up or put your pull buoy in or anything like that. You're just jumping in, flapping your hands around for 20 meters, get to the other side, get out. Yeah. And, and you'll, and you'll feel good about it. (laughs) You know, just get your face in the water for two strokes and, and you're on the other side, but just do the swim. Yeah. It's so much easier because when you get out, you'll be on track. So many people who try to like, well, you know, if I just go around here to the right or around here to the left, um, they'll get to their side, and now they're not where the flag is, and they're not where the next ribbon is, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll go, they'll get lost. So all that time they saved, they thought they'll they get saved. Fr- they'll get frustrated. Yeah, the island isn't too big, so you know you're going that direction, so you'll get to the next swim, but it it won't be pretty. Yeah. And, and, and invariably you'll see another team go right by you doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you reach Utah, the final, you island. reach, you reach Utah. How are you feeling? It, well, you know, big things to think about throughout this whole section on Orna. Um, like I said, you're already gassed. Um, eat anything you can get your hands on. Talk to your partner on Orna. Talk to your partner a lot on, on Orna and on these final islands. This is where you need to be talking loudly to each other about how much you appreciate that they came and spent this 10 to 12 hours with you today, that they came all the way over to, yeah. to Sweden. Okay. Plan to have a story to tell somebody. Okay. Cause one of you is not going to be feeling well and you don't know which one it is have a story, have a really good story. That's interesting. That'll take their mind off of whatever they're, they're, they're going through. Luckily that's, like that's that. definitely not our problem. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's not an area where we need a lot of support, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, right. I definitely remember telling, alibis, Chipper, yeah. I remember, remember telling Chipper, like, ain't this some shit? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and also um, what we really found is in, in the treacherous part there on those last few islands before you get to, to, to uh, Utah, um, have the tired guy lead mm. because then the tired guy is setting the pace. That's and if the tired guy is, if the, well, if the tired guy's in the back, when you're at the end of a race like that, the, the guy in front one is setting the pace and they're already going downhill when the other one's still going uphill. And that's extra hard for, for the guy who's tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just, it just constantly feels like you're getting pulled, but if you get out ahead and lead, generally they're going to be going faster than you would if you were back getting, getting pulled. I think that that's, that's, that's definitely a good, a good point as well. And you know, the, if you're a little bit fresher, you're going to be pushing the pace and, you know, if you're, if you're kind of in a run walk situation by that point, uh, you know, we, we definitely were. 
there like you're going to burn out the slower runner because you're you're pushing the pace and i think taking andy's suggestion and letting the letting the the weakest link lead it out is going to overall average your your pace will be better and they can manage it yep. uh better and it, it will be um maybe the person the, the fresher person can work more on the story and the alibi yeah 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 it's, yeah especially when you get to utah um it, it also if you have that that the tired the tired person leading the person who's got more energy take the paddles take the caps take the goggles you you get to utah make the tired guy as light as possible take all their stuff away from them you know there's no need for them to be carrying it you still got a, a water bottle with water in it take that from them too make them super light cab them down have them out there in front like and then uh, is he starting to press on with that? Because that tired person is, is going step by step. Mm-hmm. This step might be good. That next step might not be good. But it is step by step. And so you don't want them to get pulled, especially, you know, we've all had that feeling of getting pulled on the end of the tether. And, you know, if your leg is just not feeling it right then, to get extra pulled, yeah. that's not fun. You yeah, know, but if sure. you're if you're setting that pace, you will start feeling better. You'll start leaning into it. You get up over the big hill. You go through the the flat that is not flat because it is still uphill. <laughs> I mean, it's on the it's kind of gravel like, like uh, fire road sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's where we took like a strategic walk break because I think we we We're decided like we a mile hey, the second we take that left hand turn. We're like, running. We're just going for show. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and I think at that point, um, I was, you know, I'm starting to feel my sort of finish line energy or yeah. whatever, and I was like, I think we had the tether on, and I was like, just hold on, dude. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, just like let's just get up this thing and get it over I mean, with, basically. When the right, hill- and it's it, yeah, and it's not. You've got about once you get to the top of the hill, you've got sort of a steady upward incline. It's very flat, but it's it's a slight upward incline for another about kilometer and a half until the hotel, like well, tennis until court you, area. Uh, just just before that, right, 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 right there at Lurgarden, um, um, you, you'll get to it. It's a big, wide open field, and you kind of come around a corner, come around a corner to the right, and all of a sudden, there's sheep on on your left. There's a fence line. There's a road that crosses your road, and 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 you can you can sense the finish. You can hear the mm-hmm. the loudspeakers, and that is all downhill to the clay courts. Till it's not. Until it's not. And and here's you know here's here's the big challenge. You start going down that 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 thing, and you're going down for about almost a kilometer uh, to get to get to the point where you're going to make that hairpin turn at the miniature golf course and start going uphill. So you want to throw everything out on the road and go as hard as you can on that downhill where you're feeling good and then just suck going up that hill. Yep. Choice, is, choice is yours, team. You know, you can, you can go 90% of that throw it into the can and then have at least some sort of dignity going up the hill. I've done it. I've done it both ways. 
<laughs> yeah, you have. Here's the thing: you have plenty of time to make that decision as well. <laughs> you, you do, you do, and it's it's part of the discussion. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the discussion, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. been fun. I, and you I, run I mean, past I, the um, yeah. you run past your lodging for the evening. You do. You run past your lodging. You run past people who are dry and warm who are going to get the early ferry. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah, and they seem to be walking normal, which is which I, <laughs> that was the most interesting part for me. But but yeah, yeah, so 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 this finish line experience. I mean, it's really. I mean, Chipper and I have done a lot of events. So have you, Andy? I mean, it has to. I mean, to me, it's probably the most memorable finish line experience I've ever had. Just because the vibe, you know, the world champs are just hanging out, high-fiving you as you're crossing. Obviously, they're dry. They've already been saunted up and showered and everything. But, um, yeah, there's just, I think that's the perfect word, Chipper. It's just like it's a very magical kind of end to this magical day. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that, is that is, I mean, you've done this enough to, to obviously want to keep doing it again. <laughs> so Yeah, it's... That, that finish is very appropriate to what you've done that day. Um, it, it, it is extremely respectful. It's very different than finishing Ironman or, you know, finishing one of these marathon swims or something like that. It's, it, it's, it's very appropriate. Um, and people are hanging around there and people are waiting for all of the last mm-hmm. finishers. And, it's it's very it's very homey it's you know it has a lot of huga to it because people are bundled up by that point and it's it's just yeah it's just it's just very very friendly it it used to finish um just just 50 meters away from where it finishes now it used to finish facing right into the wind so you finish and you'd, you'd all stand out there just freezing and and then they you know like people uh, it it started getting dark you know because back back then is back then it used to get dark <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, you know at these finishes um, so it's uh, yeah it's very nice the way it's switched around it'll be interesting to see how uh, uh, Stefan's crew um, yeah you know changes different things on on this. Uh, on this course and in the yeah. finish and everything like that. I just sent a note off to Stefan and Patricia today. Um, and so uh, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I love it when, you know, there's, there's change and things are going to be different. It's something sort of, sort of, uh, you know, exciting to look forward to. Yeah, I like it for sure. For sure. And obviously, you know, we can't talk about this race without talking about the post-race food. <laughs> Probably is, meals. Yes. The best that's just that's just off the chart, yeah. So good, um, so good. Um, yeah, and you go, and you go through the line at dinner slowly. I'm going to pick one piece of shrimp, and I'm going to pick this piece of cheese. And <laughs> well, I remember yeah. being like, I think they, I I don't know why are there whole jars of caviar? Oh, we can just take them. Oh, really? <laughs> was, oh, right. I was like, uh, are these for everyone? They're like, yeah, have as much as you want. I was really. I was really impressed. It was very, very gratuitous. And, and I was a department. little uh, checked out. I was yeah. a lot of it, I believe, last <laughs> time. I was looking for that Coca-Cola IV situation. Yeah. It's always interesting. You finish 
the thing and you think, gosh, I'm just going to smash a beer. No. And you get about two sips into it and you ask your partner if they want to have some and they <laughs> kind of look at you like, um, no, maybe, maybe some champagne. No, it wasn't champagne that I needed. No, what is it I need? Uh, you know, you know, besides a whole team working around the clock from Vienna on you, but yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you know, you, you need some sleep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, so, so it's, it's, it's an amazing experience. I mean, if you've listened to the show at all, you know how, what a warm, fuzzy place this race has in our yeah. hearts. And we're so appreciative to have been able to do it once and to go back and do it again going in sort of like eyes wide opened um first time kind of thinking about survival and just kind of not embarrassing ourselves and just trying to put in a good performance and going back the second year now now andy i'm curious what what your thoughts are on this and, and sort of thinking about it's like okay when you do this race multiple times it seems to me like every year you sort of level up sort of yeah. mentally Physically, you may be there, you may be more, you know, more fit or not or whatever, but like mentally, it seems like, like you have this sort of saltation. It's like, okay, I'm coming back to this thing. Um, I can pronounce the islands better maybe, you know, or, or I'm just, just, I have just a better understanding Your of IQ what's happening. Plus, plus points on the swim run IQ. Is that something, is yeah. that something that you'd co-sign on? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. It does, the course does seem much shorter than the first time. It seems shorter than the first three times. The first three times, I, I, I just thought the islands just never ended. It just, it's just, this is another island. This is another island. We have to have done 50 islands already now. <laughs> but, but now, you know, it, like, it couldn't all fit inside your head, but now it really does. Mm-hmm. And now you actually really look forward to it and you, you key on things. Even like that fifth, sixth time I did it, I, I was still sort of going along and being surprised by things. But last year it was great because I really got to enjoy uh, the race. And I, I think it, it was one of my most enjoyable ones because I, I, I really knew the course by, by that time. And you see some of these guys who practice the course 20, 30 times before the champs, you know, in the summer. Man. And, and that, all that just goes out of the way. It's just like, you know, when you go take a run around your house or something like that, you know, all the little places, you know, how, where you're going to have your left foot land and your right foot land and mm-hmm. different things. It's Second the same major. thing. Yeah. You get onto it and you're like, I'm on this Island. And like instantly you're like, Oh, I know exactly how this Island goes. It drops to the right. Ooh. And then we've got this little cliff climb and then ooh, got to watch out for the moss. If it's been raining, it's going to be re- really slippery on this. So stay to the right. You know, and, um, you know, this is a tricky get in and this is what you're telling your partner mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, and your partner just kind of hears this sort of sing songy description of what they're about to do, uh, in the background. It's like, you know, it's like having something narrated for you and, yeah. and then yeah. you're about to do Close it. Capture. And, and you had a great partner last year. Just you know, Phil. Oh, with, just Phil, yeah, friend Phil. of the show, friend of the show. Um, yeah. So that. I mean, he, he had a great experience as well, you know, hearing it from him, it was the best race he's had, um, and the most enjoyable race he's had. So I think you guys made a, had a really great great experience, which was, yeah, it was was terrific. And it was all all the part, all five partners I've had in this race have been just outstanding. 
Um, and we've, we've all gotten much, much closer, uh, uh from it. So, yeah, um, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited, excited to have my, uh, sixth, sixth partner, um, uh, join me on this. Uh, I'm sorry. This will be my fifth partner. I had four partners before. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And it's, it's going to be great to share the experience with you again yeah. out there. I, I mean, I found it super helpful just, um, just being in your presence it was for, mm-hmm. I found it very calming, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to, to the old nerves. Yeah. And the osmosis of knowledge also as, <laughs> you know, anything, at, at least I, I don't, you know, I won't comment on how, if I'm smart or not, but one of the smartest things I did whenever you were talking about the course, whenever we were hanging out with you, I was like, in my head, I was like, record, like, listen to what this man is saying <laughs> and it will be good knowledge. And so again, I think people are going to, going to get a lot of value out of this episode and, and Andy, um, always, always great to chat with you and thank you for sharing, sharing your wisdom with us. Well, really appreciate it guys. You know, what you've done for Swim Run um, is something we always dreamed somebody would come along and do, and you far exceeded our expectations. So, well, you know, appreciate you've been uh, you've been one of our one of our biggest supporters, uh, if not number one, uh, pretty much since since day one. And the California Swim Run, which you you race directed, was actually our first swim run back in in Mission Bay uh, at the Regatta. 2018 yeah it started at 2 47 in the afternoon it was great i think it was later than that it was like four <laughs> o'clock almost i don't know yeah yeah we actually have uh, uh phil and i are going out for our last long uh swim run practice we've got about a six and a half hour practice and that course that you two did will be on that course that we do nice. oh awesome it'll be it'll be one one fifth of it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, Andy, thank you again for your time and, and sharing your, your wealth of experience and knowledge with us. We cannot wait to uh, give you a big old hug on, on it uh, when, we, when we see you uh, after crossing the finish line and sharing a hell of a day out there again with you. Outstanding. Gentlemen, you, you have a good evening. Same to you. All right. Be well. Cheers. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a wet rating or review since that's the best way to help other people discover the show and the sport of swim run. Check out our website, lowtideboys.com. That's boys with a Z for swim run resources, including gear guides, tips, how-to videos, and so much more. Make sure to check out our meme page at the Low Tide Boys on Instagram. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, Send us a DM or email us at lowtideboys at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Writing Easy Records for our show music and, of course, our wives for their support and tolerance of our swim run and other activities. Lots of activities. Lots of activities. <laughs> Finally, you can support our efforts on Patreon. Until next time, get out there and go for a swim. Then a run. And then a swim. Then another run. Then another swim. Then run some more. Just keep going. Let's go. And then stop at some point because, you know. And fuel. Don't forget to fuel. Got to fuel too. Of course, yes. (laughs) 